Welcome back to the Beer O'Clock Podcast. I'm Dylan Toon. I'm Angus Norris. And we are back after a little while. It has been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. As we were going well for a while there. And then things happened, which you'll hear about. Yeah, life. Keep, life yes. happened. And if you keep listening, you'll hear more about what sort of life happened. So just a quick um, preamble. We've got a Facebook page now. Yep. Yep. It's finally happened. You know, people have been asking for a few years and I finally got pressured into it. So it's not really much different there that from what you'll see on the actual website. But If you're a regular follower of the blog, then you're not going to learn anything from the Facebook page, but just links to stuff. and It exists. Maybe the odd bit, you know, another, peek behind the scenes, who knows? <laughs> another avenue if people have questions. And uh, yeah, too, exactly. Suppose. Probably the easiest way to get your question answered in a timely manner. Yeah, yeah. Email's always a bit more of a... Um, a lottery. Sit down and take your time responding kind of dealio. Yeah, less formal way for people to contact us. Yeah. And I think that's about it in that, that regard. So we'll go straight into news. Um, so we're going to be covering some stuff from six, seven weeks-ish. Yeah. But I guess we've sort of kept things that perhaps we think are worth a mention. Yep. And um, I don't think anyone's listening to this for timely news. Well, I'd hope this isn't where you're getting your timely news. Yeah. It's more just for a, a, a bit of discussion and... I guess just just in case you missed something we found interesting, it's possible that you might have not heard something. Apparently people like some of our takes on these issues as well. <laughs> well, I think that's it. It just lets us feel like we can speak about it and somebody will care. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than just keeping it to ourselves. So we'll start off with uh, Green Beacon selling to Asahi. You've got this listed as the longest running rumour in, rumor in Australian craft beer. I reckon there's been chat around this for sort of three, three and a half years. Certainly pre-Four Pines and yeah. stuff, I reckon. Um, but not surprising. No, not surprising. They were always the one that looked like they'd position themselves to be sold, to yes, be bought yeah. out. Yeah, and their beer lends itself very well to that. Yep. And so, Asahi will probably be happy with their range. I think it'll all work quite well. Asahi are actually ending up with quite a nice little portfolio in different states. Yeah, which I guess, yeah, and Queensland beer is growing pretty rapidly, and... They probably asked the question to Bolster and probably got laughed out of the room. I would assume so. <laughs> I mean, I'm sort of trying to think who else up there. I mean, you've got Ballistic, a couple others. Probably too young, Ballistic at yeah. this stage. Um, Black Hops, I couldn't imagine doing it. There's a few up Queensland that have a good national following, but yeah. Green Beacon are the ones you're like, yeah, they're probably the ones I can see transitioning. I think it was the one that was most likely to sell as well. Yeah, yeah, that's it too. Um a lot of the other ones are staunchly independent. And... Yeah, and I think, like, the Boulder guys, for example, they don't need the money. They're just that's having it. fun. Yes, yeah. And <laughs> that's sort of often why things turn out so well when you don't really... Not pressured to sort of make commercial sacrifices. It doesn't sacrifices. have to be commercially. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, funnily enough, with Boulder, it's turned out to be very commercially viable, so... <laughs> Hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, not really any... I don't really have a many... Pot takes on this. I think it's just. I'm sure they're still going to be making nice beer and. Yeah, and I've bought uh, Windjammers recently-ish. They still taste like Windjammers. I I just still think the take that people have on um, takeovers that they're going to dumb down the beer. That's not why you buy. Yeah. A craft brewery. And there's certainly been. Not now, at least. Yeah, and I think 
Asahi has probably earned a bit of time in that regard. They've done pretty well. And like with Mountain Goat and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like you sort of give him a bit of leeway and who knows, it could be a disaster, but you'd imagine not. I bet it won't be. <laughs> yeah. So next up on the docket, Independent Brands Australia become an ABAC signatory. So it's Celebrations, Bottle O, Thirsty Camel, IGA. I'll let you take the reins on this one. Um, so hopefully everyone knows what an ABAC signatory is, but basically if you sign up to the ABAC code, you have to abide by any ABAC decisions. So basically um, with Celebrations, Bottle O, Thirsty Camel, IGA signing up, that effectively means more craft brewers have to comply <laughs> With the ABEC labeling, first choice and Dan Murphy's are, are already yeah, yeah are already, but these ones they didn't have to comply. So if there was a product that had an issue with ABEC, these guys could still stock it, whereas first choice and Dan's couldn't. Such as I guess we spoke about Jedi Juice last podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't actually know what's happening there. No, we I'm sort of we'd be keeping our eyes out. Out they? outside, they're running out the packaging. But yeah, in, in that time, can they sell it through Dan's? Because they're dealing with ABEC. Who That's knows? interesting. I haven't seen it there. Yeah. You, you wouldn't expect to see Jedi Juice. No. But it's probably often. online on just the direct from that's supplier. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's... So, really, it just means people have to be more careful with their labels. Yeah. Um, because the, you know, you're losing retailers that can stock you. Yeah. you're not. So, I guess more the more reason to support your <laughs> local independent bottle Exactly. Um, the Beer Cartel Annual Survey came out recently, the results of which, sorry I should say. Um, 23,000 plus participants this year. Yep. So and up quite a bit from last year, I think. Yeah, and it seems to be growing every year. Uh, Balta took away favourite, I don't know what you call it, favourite, best. It, I think it's favourite. Yeah, really. we'll go with favourite brewery. Uh, ben spoke second, which is pretty big for them. Yep. Uh, Stone and Wood third. Yep. And so all the breweries that always do well in the hottest 100. Yes, yeah. And yeah, I think Bridge Road was fourth. Yeah. And yeah. It, it really just again shows distribution and <laughs> yes, yeah. consistency. Which, you know, um, it's good to, you know, have a bit of recognition for that in terms of, oh, we're, on, we're doing the right thing, not just making money. People still, craft drinkers still think highly of us. Yep. Um, so I guess the intriguing things were first time cans have been listed as preferred over bottles. Finally, yep, it wasn't by a big margin, but it it's been close. going that way for a while, and more people are putting out in cans. And really, you know, we've been on the can train for years, years. and it's good to see that. And hopefully, it continues. Know, yeah, I mean, hopefully, non seven fifty mil bottles go the way of the dodo. <laughs> hopefully, because like I just don't really. Yeah, I, I can't imagine buying bottles if there's a can option, personally. Well, what is the point? A- yeah. Outside of potentially big stouts for storing, mm. like ageing. And that's fine. I think like certain limited releases, high ABV stuff, and also stuff that's being in bigger bottles, I think that's fine. Yeah. 500ml, 750ml, that's all right. Um, although, you know, you could even argue cans do 500ml very well. Yeah. I think that's a style question, though. Yes, that's true. Um, it's nice to see, anyway. And uh, the other one you found interesting particularly was six packs being preferred over four packs. This was yeah the same price. It was listed in the survey that this is the same price per unit. Yeah. So it's not like the sort of popular thinking that six packs are cheaper. Yeah, which is what I always thought it was. Yeah. Like the reason. But, yeah. But, but it, they... the survey was listed as price per, you know, the can price was the same. Yeah. So it's very much, who knows? I mean, I, I was saying to you off air that... um. I prefer six packs, but I don't. Couldn't tell you why. 
Yeah, and I think I'm the same. There's some beers that I would like to buy a four-pack of and some that I'd like a six-pack of. Yeah, I think it's a style choice. It's not necessarily... I think breweries are just going to do what works for them. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think there's some big divide. I do definitely prefer 24-pack slabs than over 16, regardless of pack size. Yeah. Just because 16s, I always feel like you're not really getting value. I'd have to check that, but I'd feel like it doesn't work out. I feel like they end up being more expensive. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of why. Like a bolt of 16, 65 bucks? Something like that, yeah. And that just doesn't, I mean... $80 slab, you get eight more cans for... You would expect Bolter XPA to be an $80 slab. Yeah. Ish. It'd be stone and wood territory. Yeah, that was sort of my thinking. Um, But apart from that, yeah, it's more just, I guess, a curio that's worth bringing up. The other thing I noted was that the spend per... You know the spend, what people spend on average, had gone down slightly. Yeah, which is interesting considering prices going. It's up. Only four dollars or something. Yeah, it was. It was. But the negligible. fact that it's going down is still intriguing. But I wonder if that's because we're getting more early adopters of craft, and they're spending thirty dollars a week instead of what some people spend. Yeah, and also perhaps more people are buying a six pack rather than buying a bunch of singles, which always yeah. ends up being more expensive. Yeah, because I could see a six pack a week being a thing. Rather than buying ten singles, which inevitably always ends up being fifty plus dollars. Yeah. Um, I guess the only other thing is that very few people listen to podcasts, and it would take very little to get on there. So yeah, well, it's something for us to shoot for. <laughs> I, th- I think we needed eighteen votes to make the top ten. Yeah, podcast. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a big list, um, but it's um it's interesting how there it seems to be there's this sort of the two or three that really dominate, and I guess the market just isn't really. It's not there. Yeah. Interesting still. Yeah. Um, so next up, Matilda Bay news. We always seem to be talking about Matilda Bay. We do, we don't we? We don't mean to. Um, founder Phil Sexton is re- going to return to the company, or has returned to the company, and is going to open and operate Brew Pub in Hillsville at his Giant Steps Winery yep. venue. I don't know if that's still going or taking over. Or I think it's moving. taking over the hospitality part of the space yeah because the winery's outside Hillsville. yeah and then the you can have a cellar door at the winery yeah and then yeah and then i think that there was like a restaurant in the middle of Hillsville. so i think it's a it's kind of we did discuss last podcast about cub with the abbotsford area we sort of were saying it's we you know we thought cub might perhaps look at doing some sort of hospitality venue not we're sort of talking about it in terms of Abbotsford, but in general, I think yeah. It, and this this makes sense. This is pretty clearly getting Phil Sexton back adds an air of legitimacy. To I think it. that's and I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, and that, so it's going to be back doing the old favourites, Dog Bolter and Alpha and Redback. Red yep, they're all coming back. <laughs> Thanks to this podcast. <laughs> well, we can only hope so. <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't have hurt. We, well, we probably do more marketing than they've done. Yeah, for their for their non Matilda Bay for years. Yeah. Um, um, because they split Yak off six months ago, yeah, maybe? Yeah, Yak And it became Yak Brewing. Oh, Yak Brewing. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they're also going to be doing some new beers. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um, new one beer. new beer when they open. So we're interested to see what that is. Yeah. And then I think they were saying they were going to tweak them slightly. Yeah. Um, but that Matilda Bay is effectively going to be a Heelsville beer brand and like towns around Heelsville. But it's not going to be nationwide anymore. Okay. Yeah, which That's is quite interesting. interesting. I guess it's a different strategy because I can't imagine they've been doing anything with that. Well, they have Apart from the tiny bit of red back that still kicks around and maybe... Minimum chips? Yeah, they're, they're around. I feel minimum chips might die. 
now that Phil's back in. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, there's probably enough pale lager coming out of CUB, to be honest. Um, so on on the topic of things that are pale and not super exciting, Lion are launching a hard seltzer. Well, someone had to be first to market here, didn't they? Yeah, and it's sort of surprised that it hadn't happened sooner. I, I'm surprised it's taken this long with, you know, the explosion that was White Claw. Yeah, what, I'm surprised White ago? Claw isn't here, to be honest. I am too. But I think, like that, I think their issue is they can't make enough. Yeah, yeah. It outsold Budweiser last year, they think. Which is just nuts. <laughs> it's just, well, I guess, you know, it boils down to the fact that people just really want sugar water. Yeah, well. <laughs> with alcohol in it. Um, so it's called Quincy. It looks like the Gordon's Gin and Tonic bottle pack. I was about to say it looks like a tonic water bottle. Yeah, it's not... It all with like the kind of people who drink hard seltzer. So my tip is it's going to be the one that Fails. paves the way. Yeah. And then the next one will be the one that rakes in the money. Yeah. So this is a lion one. And so you'd assume CUBs is going to explode. Yeah. So this is just, it's in bottles. It looks yeah, 300 like mil bottles. Drink and, yeah. It's it looks just, stupid. Which is what the tonic, premix tonic from Tanqueray and stuff come in. Those 300 yeah. mil tallish bottles. Yeah. Um, and it's just... They've missed the mark, I think. I think completely. 375ml cans, minimalist design. They're, I think it's a slam dunk, really. It's... They're probably looking not to appeal to children. Like, to, you know, 18 people just turning 18. But who do you think is going to drink it? Well, I don't know. I don't think anyone's going to drink it. <laughs> not the way it currently looks. Yeah. People you... will drink hard seltzer, but... You need to get a marketing campaign that... Most people in Australia don't know what White Claw is, so you need to get you need to redo the marketing. Yeah, well, the issue is that the people who do know what White Claw is probably aren't going to drink them outside of "I want to try one." Yeah, yeah, (laughs) unless they're a real fiend for White Claw, which I'm sure there's obviously plenty of them around. Clearly. Uh, So, just last up on our quote unquote in depth news pieces, uh, Ether Brewery in from Brisbane. Yeah, Milton. Milton. It's it's next to the um, Four X Brewery. Okay. Cool. Uh, they are splitting. So the original side is being renamed to Milton Common and the head brewer, Dave Ward, is moving Ether and creating a brew pub, which they were going to do beforehand anyway. Yeah, so my understanding was the two owners were going to open a brew pub no. and clearly at some point here they've had a disagreement. Yeah. And uh, probably around running a hospitality venue. You'd have running a production brewery. Yeah. Like, that makes the most sense to me. Because it doesn't seem like this new Milton Common site is going to be a hospitality site, at least to begin with. Yeah, it sounds like it's still a production brewery. And... Essentially, if you're like Ether, the head brewer is going and they're still... And keeping yeah. Ether. Or um, Ether or however yeah. you that. We'll just, we'll just keep going with Ether. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> go with ten that. Times. Um, so there's still going to be an Ether brew pub. Still the same head brewer, so if you're a fan, don't stress about it. It's more just intriguing that they've done this split where one of them keeps the site and one keeps the IP, essentially. Yeah, it's quite strange. Obviously, neither of them could afford to buy the other one out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, especially if they're opening a brew pub. Like, there's obviously some, you know... Yeah, and I guess... A fair bit of capital's gone in. There's probably a bit of a difference in opinion in terms of how much they want to produce and stuff, so maybe it was a pretty simple... Hey, well, you can keep the site. Yeah, I'll take the name and keep yeah. doing what the people who are fans of it want to do, and you can do what you want to do. And it's all speculation, but um, you it's know, fun. That's that's what we're here for. Uh, so now we just got a little quick bite news segment. Just going to call it tasting battle. Just 
always these little things that pop up that we find intriguing but aren't really worth in-depth discussion. Yeah, don't they need to be mentioned or should be mentioned but yeah. probably don't need us to talk about them. For or a we find minutes. them interesting. Kind yeah. Of. Think back to one of our earlier podcasts where we were talking about beach, uh, bridge road bottling water. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's interesting but it's very hard to talk about. So essentially, <laughs> it's pretty much just... Not much more needs to be said than that. Yeah, yeah. So Moondog World opened. With a lagoon in the middle of it. Yeah. And 700 person capacity and... 10 million litre capacity and... Not what I expected from Moondog. Oh, it's crazy enough to be Moondog. That's true. That's true. Um, and we'll hopefully get out there soon. Yeah, so we haven't been there, so that's probably why I know much to say about it. Yeah. Um, but by all accounts, it is nice. Yeah. And big. And busy. Yes, big, busy, and but pretty cool. Um... Sailor's Grave at the Mikula Beer Celebration Tokyo. Yeah, which is pretty cool because that's a um, select, you know, Mikela or Mikel from Mikela. Yeah. Selects you to come to his festival, basically. And obviously, like the weird brand of local inspired native ingredient beer that Sailor's Grave is making. Yeah, my question is just how did he find them? Like, how did that happen? Yeah bit of serendipity but that's good great for them yeah great for australian craft beer as well because yeah. that would have gone down quite well I i'm think. very happy having sales grave representing us at a mickler sort of event yeah um cole's brands tinnies contract brewed by brick lane won best pale bitter at the world beer awards um so good for them i guess also shows that hag Coles, if you actually take care of your beer, then... You've actually got a reasonable product here. Yeah. The problem is, is when you leave it out and it's all warm and it's got three months worth of best before date and you're trying to flog it and you're only getting it out of your distribution centres six months after you get it. Yep. That's, this, this is where the bigger problems come from. I'd love to know how much it spiked after the awards because I saw quite a bit of press. Yeah. The, the Coles, as somebody who works first choice, they've been pushing it extremely hard. I haven't seen an uptick in sales. Yeah. Um... I imagine there has been just from the marketing push, but yep. nothing huge. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, it's not a terrible beer though. None of those Tinnies beers are. They're all perfectly fine examples style. Pretty I've had one of them. I don't think it was this one. Yeah, um, and it was fine. Yeah, like I don't mind the XPA. Um, Brick Lane know how to brew. Mm. They've clearly been given the brief of approachable, but make sure it's actually got hops and at this price point. Yes, <laughs> it's actually, it's not super cheap, um, unlike Steamrail and Laurie mm-hmm. Boys and, you know, even the Woolworths ones. So it's a little bit higher. It's 22, 23, 6 okay. So it sits up there with your Quiet Deeds and your Kaiju Crushes around the same price point. I think yep. it's that old sort of... Looks a bit better than the home brand one. <laughs> yeah, well, it looks like craft beer. And then I guess it's the old winery thing of like, you know, if you charge too cheap, then people are going to think it's crap wine. Yeah. So I think if you, they just basically look, what's an average craft beer and price? just going to price Yes, it here, yeah, right? basically, regardless of what it costs. Yeah, that's clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pirate Life opening a big brew pub in Perth. I've written vast. I'm not sure if that's 100% correct, but... I heard it was big. Big, vast. Yep. Large. We'll go with it. Yep, all-encompassing. Um, Half int- of Perth. Interesting. Yep. I think it's because the two Pirate Life guys are moving back, the founders. Yes, yes, that was the... Uh, and that, I guess that's good that they're still involved and Pirate Life's been fine. Yeah, beer's still good. I think Pirate Life's honestly just The fact I can get it at the MCC is pretty great. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> Getting it, that, that's one of the good things about being bought out, I think. Yeah. Um, I will say, I think Pirate Life, they haven't gotten any worse. They've just sort of been overtaken a bit. Yeah, I think so. They haven't necessarily kept up. Their beer's still really good. I reckon they probably sell more beer, though. It's yeah. just overtaken oh. in the craft. Yes, bubble. yes. So we talk about them less, but 
They're doing well, kind of like Feral, I guess. Yeah, I think um, so. Still make really good beer. Yeah, they're just Nothing. not as interesting. And finally, Liberty Brewing's got the broom out, the New Zealand Beer Awards. They won Champion Medium Brewery, Best Overall Exhibitor, Champion Pale Ale, Champion Pilsner, whole bunch of gold medals, and just worth mentioning because that is a hell of a... They make hall. really good beer. They do, yes. And a lot of... And there's Kiwi breweries are generally make quite good beer. And they're... Um, a couple of their beers, I always forget which ones, are contract brewed at Hawkers, so you can get them really... Yeah, Monster, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the Pale. Which is what which won... Which is a big hoppy Pale. Yeah, what's what won Champion Pale. That's a really nice Pale. Yes. Um, but you can get that really fresh here. Yeah, so buy Liberty if you see it. I mean, yeah. Generally, if you see fresh New Zealand beer, you can pretty safely buy it. It'll be good. Yeah. And that just about does us for news. And... <laughs> don't really have anything after that. Podcast. Next up, we have ranking of lagers, which segment we are quite enjoying. Yeah. Um, throwing up some interesting results so far. So it's going to run through the rankings real quick from top to bottom. We got Pilsner, Urkel, Tenants, Carlsberg, Kingfisher, Gulmac, Sapporo, Corona, Heineken, Tusker, Tiger, Vonu, and Kus Kenya. Uh, coming in last. I'm going to have to think of a way to abbreviate that as we come into. It's going to have to. Yeah. It's starting to get. Unwieldy. Yeah, so maybe go to a top five, bottom five. Yeah. But the important thing is we essentially, sometimes arbitrarily with some sort of a gut feel, but most of the time based on untapped check-ins, we'll pick the most popular beer from each country. Lager. Lager. From each country. And specifically macro lager, yeah. Um, And yeah, give it a bit of a taste and a bit of a ranking. Try to get them in good condition. Try to get them brewed in the correct countries if possible. But a lot of these breweries like to say that Looking at you, Heineken, it's the same anywhere. So, okay, if you say that, we're going to rate you the same anywhere. If it's you say that and you end up below Corona. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, first up, we've got the Philippines entry, the San Miguel, and specifically the San Miguel Pale Pilsen. Yep. So, this is the proper yes. San Miguel. So, don't please don't write in. And this one is actually brewed in the Philippines. Yes. So, we've done well here. Um, brewery was opened in 1890 on my birthday. Lovely days. And they had a uh, holiday for it because it was the first beer and brewery ever in the Philippines. Very cool. Yeah. You'd you'd just expect so in 1890. Uh, By then, beer, 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 and Philippines is hot. Yeah, and (laughs) they drink alcohol. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A few little fun things I found about it. Um, It's not only the biggest selling beer in the Philippines, it's also the biggest selling beer in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, close-ish. Yeah. It's the Philippines' largest company by revenue. That's interesting. Yeah, isn't it? And it was by a mile. They own own quite a few breweries, don't they? Lots of breweries, like around the world. Um, They also own three of the 12 basketball teams in the PBA, which is the Philippines Basketball Association. And the Philippines are quite into their basketball. Yeah. Yeah. But including one, the brilliantly named San Miguel Beer Men. Which, you know, hopefully at halftime they're just throwing back a San Miguel light rub. We can only hope Drinking so. a Gatorade. Right, so we're going to give this a whirl and uh, have some thoughts. It will sound instant to you. It's like one of those cooking shows, you know. I prepared this one earlier. Yes, <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, so San Miguel, it's better than I remember. I 
have checked in a couple of times at Untapped, had it overseas and at some restaurants and stuff. Really didn't like it. This is fine. This is fine. Not this unpleasant, is... but about as average as you can get. It's pretty bog average, isn't it? Yeah. There's a bit of corn in it. A little bit sweet at first. It's an odd kind of back-end sort of flavour, which is kind of like a bitter honey sort of thing. I'm yeah, getting. it's quite strange. It's almost slightly metallic. Yeah. Slightly, yeah. I assume that's meant to be the bitterness. <laughs> Probably. Um, but it's not It's not bad. I would drink it. I can definitely see myself eating some spicy Filipino food and knocking back a few of those in 30-degree heat. Yeah. So, yeah. It's fine. Yep. Um, so it's gonna... slotted in, we'll do the ratings again at the end, but we'll just, we've decided to slot it in below Heineken and above Tusker because I thought it was probably the worst of the, the non-faulty, yeah, really. the non-unpleasant or brewing fault yeah. beers that we've had. So, but that's still like, it's still a perfectly drinkable mac- macro lager in that case. Yeah. There's much worse. Yeah. I can see why it took off and 5%, it's a touch bigger than most of the ones we've done. Most of them yeah, most of them are under 5. 4.5-ish, yeah. so not a huge amount, but it's just a little. Yeah, that's something, yeah. So after the San Miguel, we are shuffling a fair bit west to Argentina. Could probably go either way. Yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my, my map doesn't go over again. You, uh, can, only, yeah. you can only go The world is flat, so you can only go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's Kilmes. Yep. Which is pretty, I don't think you'd have anyone disagreeing that's Argentina's, not Argentina's biggest fan. Surely not. So, only brewed in Argentina, which probably made your life easier. Yeah. Um, seven, seven or eight sites in Argentina. They produce a lot of beer. Um, founded in 1888. Beat San Miguel just. Yeah, by two years. Um, by Otto Bemberg, who was a German immigrant. Okay. That's promising. It is, isn't it? Um They've got 75% of the market share in Argentina. <laughs> yeah, isn't that ridiculous? What would... I'm trying to think of a comparison. Like, I assume Budweiser would probably have, like, what, 10, 15? Maybe. Yeah. Like... 75 is absurd. Yeah, I think Snow in China has, like, 40, which might be about the biggest I've heard. Yeah, I wonder if Singtel's, like, their Fosters and they... <laughs> it's hard to know. Who knows? Um, and it's... 91% is still owned by Ambev. Who were the one of the precursors to ABI? Oh, okay. Um, so not related though. Currently, as an entity. Uh, no, is an is an entity under there, but they still own it. Not a, it's a still listed as owned by Ambev, not, not by Ambev. ABI. Which is interesting. Yes, that is interesting. Um, so we'll give it a crack. All right, Kilmes. Um, good. Yeah, surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, actual sort of cereal malts. Um, sort but, of a bit of bitterness. Not too sweet. You can, I mean, you can taste the malt. You get a little bit of sweetness at the end. Yeah, maybe a touch too much, or maybe just not enough bitterness. I think if we had a little bit more bitterness, it would really elevate it. So we've put it. It's cracked into the top five. Yeah. uh, Above Kingfisher, so Gourmet's had a good run, but that's out of the top five now. And we're honestly sort of saying, you know, top two, three. If there was a bit more bitterness. Yeah, it is. um, It's a very nice logo. It's really nice. It's like it's a Hellas style, I think. Yeah, it tastes Hellas-ish. We had a Hellas before, and it tastes similar-ish to that. Yeah, well, it's got that sort of slightly sweeter malt bill. and Yeah, grassy sort of bite. But there's um, actual grassy hops in there. Yeah. like It just needs a touch more. Not like a lot, because it is a macro lager, but just a little bit. It doesn't taste like a macro lager. You've got malt, you've got hops, and it's clean. Yeah. 
Touch sweet. <laughs> Touch sweet, and that's and yeah, it, it's really hard to say. Is it too sweet or is it just not enough bitterness? Could be. Both. I think it's both, possibly. Yeah. But I think if you up the IBUs by like fifteen percent, yeah, yeah, you'd be in. <laughs> it just needs to have that bite. Yeah, that like a good pills has. It has it right at the front, but not yeah, at the back. Yeah, and you really need that to offset sweetness in a lager like this. But I still think it is definitely when you're just talking about small flaws in like malt bills and hops rather than and, this tastes like cardboard <laughs> and we're talking about it in a very sort of you know very small range here between yeah, all of these yeah. beers and like you know thinking about it compared to craft lagers we quite enjoy like and sort of yeah I'd, I'd sort of I'd happily buy this as a macro like I'd happily if I knew I was going somewhere where the personally bank macro lager I'd probably take this yeah I could see myself barbecuing with this beer yeah and that's a you know a big compliment yeah it's Listeners probably haven't seen Angus's fridge, but it's a big compliment. <laughs> <laughs> they may have some idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, number four with a bullet, Gomez, yeah. and um, color me surprised. <laughs> yeah, well done, Argentina. Next up, we are resisting our urge to do accents because we got Jamaica, and we've got Red Stripe, and as if it could ever be anything else. So right. you've got some interesting Red Stripe facts. Yeah, it's better than I, the backstory is a lot better than I thought it was for this. Um, it's one of those rare um, beers where the brand is more famous than the brewery. Mm. Yeah, it's because I... What was the brand? I saw it. Yeah, so it's Desno's Gettys. Yeah. Never um, heard of it. owned by, by a bigger one now? Uh, yeah, they're now owned by Heineken as yep. of 2015. Um, but it was Diageo, which is Guinness, ah, yep, yep. for about 20 years before that. Um, but the story behind this is... So the brewery founded in 1918 in Jamaica. Yeah. Um, this beer was first brewed by a brewery called Galena Brewing in Galena, Illinois. Ah, in somewhere in the 1920s. I guess the West Indies aren't terribly far. They went bankrupt, Galena, <laughs> and sold their re- recipes to a guy called Paul Geddes, who was the son of Thomas Geddes, who'd founded the brewery. And him and this un- other English dude moved to Jamaica lightened the body of the beer up a little bit for the heat and started selling it in 1938. But if you look at the history on the Red Stripe website, that's not quite how it uh, <laughs> it played out, so to speak. In a... Red Stripe claim it's been there since 1928 and oh, yes, <laughs> was yes. always there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of those. I think yours sounds more plausible than the marketing spin. Yeah. Um, but that, that is a good story. That's a very interesting way to get there yeah and um it is a very i mean people if you haven't seen a red stripe i would say have a google the grenade i don't know what you call it, the grenade bottle grenade bottle it, yeah is very iconic short stubby yeah i reckon they're probably the ones who started it i think so um and it was on the website i think it was about 1960 they came up with the bottle yeah and it's yeah it, it's a cool little bit of marketing. It does feel very of its time. Yeah. You could it probably doesn't look too different from what it looked like. No, I think it looks very similar. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's cool. Um is the beer cool? We'll let you know. So unfortunately the story is probably the most interesting thing about Red Stripe. Yeah, the beer is not inspiring, is it? It's not yeah, not not good. We can pretty straight up say it's um it's pretty nothing, but what is there isn't enjoyable. When you see the colour, you know it's not going to be great. Yeah. Like it's a very light yellow. Adjunct heavy. Yeah, yeah. and it is um, corn and sugar 
and maybe some light stabilizing hops, but yeah. there's not a lot going on here. And look, maybe in the Jamaican heat, it, all of these beers work better in their natural environment. Yeah, we will well, say this, that. that is part of the game. It's like these are better, you know, where the, where you are. It may be an insult to say I don't think this is a bad condition red stripe. I think it's just a bad beer. Yeah, I think it's that's similar to Tiger, but it's a worse. It, it was Tiger. relatively fresh as well. Like yeah, beer. yeah. So I think we've put it, it's hit our bottom three, so we've had, had a top four entry and a bottom three entry today. We're, it's which all is happening. interesting. It's all happening. And a very, very middle of the road. Yes. Which is about what you want, I think, about yeah, I think so. We've done well. Um, so Red Stripe is slotted in just above Vono and just below Tiger. Um, I will say we didn't pour these out, so that's... <laughs> yes, so that's why it made above Vonu and Kuskanya. Um, Tiger, I think, you know, there's... It is what it we've is. We've been to Southeast Asia. There's an understanding, probably more inherent. Maybe if we'd been to Jamaica, we'd have more... Maybe. A bit more. We didn't have a lot of um, sympathy for Tiger's situation, to be fair. No, it's, it, it is... Tiger is what it is. Yeah. It's, again, I think the Tiger we had was in quite good condition. It was just Tiger. I think, yeah, Tiger and Red Tribe are both just not very good beers. And if you like them, that that's totally fine. Um, People are entitled to their opinion. Yes, we have come to the same opinion, and is that Red Stripe is not very good. So I won't read out the whole list again, but we'll just give you the top five and the bottom five as they stand at the end of the October podcast. Uh, so Pilsner Urkel, Tenants, Carlsberg, Kilmes, and Kingfisher. That's Czech Republic, Scotland, Denmark, Argentina, and India are Which the top five. fair to say is not the top five I would have expected at yeah, this point. Yeah, that's nicely diverse. And then the bottom five, Tusca from Kenya, Tiger from Singapore, Red Stripe from Jamaica, Vonu from Fiji, and Kus Kenya from Peru. So this is going to be more interesting as we go, and we're sort of, you know, getting to that area where we've got a decent amount to build from, so everyone we have is more interesting from here, and yeah. And probably harder to slot in. Yeah, and harder to find. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how we go in future, but um, yeah, that was the ring. We are back with what we are drinking, or what we have been drinking. Um, going back a little bit now, but um, got a couple trips we're just going to tick off. So we'll preface this by saying we've got something planned for Year of the Local, and we'll cover more of that in soon. That. Yes, hopefully. And um, so we're not going to be doing it today. No, we're going to skip that. Well, most-ish, yeah. I mean, there, there will be some, but in terms of the broader overview, and um, yeah. yeah, we should have something entertaining lined up. Hopefully. Um, but I mean, outside of local, you went to Hawaii for a wedding and yeah, drank some beer there. Drank a lot of beer there as we just saw <laughs> looking back through the, the old, old untapped, untapped check-ins. Yeah. There was a lot of beer that didn't make the untapped uh, check-ins. Always how you know you're having a good time. Jesus. <laughs> and we are drinking an Crowley brought back, Inu Island Plum Punch. Yep. It's probably a bit older than they would like it to be, but it's held up. Tastes it's very fine. nice. It's fine. Yeah. That's why you picked the sour. Yes, that is a good call. Um, so I'm just going to fire some breweries at you you went to, and then we can sort of cover anything else that interests you after that. Um, so there's, you said 10 to 12 sort of big-ish breweries there, or main breweries? I think there. it's 12, yep. but I might be wrong. There's, so you went know. to half or so? Went to about half, yep. Yeah. Which is not bad when you're there for a wedding. Yep. Well, I was there for two weeks, so... Yeah. Um, had a bit of time. Yeah. 
So you went, uh, just list them off and you can just tell us a bit about them. So Maui, the Waikiki one specifically. Maui's yeah. quite a big brewery, isn't it? Yeah, Maui's a pretty big brewery. Their beers are pretty much everywhere. Mm. Like if you go to restaurants and stuff, they've got Maui beers. Um, really impressed, actually. Oh, that's good. Really good sort of American style service where, you know, you've got a third of your beer left and they're like, would you like another beer, sir? It's like, well... Don't have to when you ask, <laughs> start squinting at the uh, the board like in Australia and making your way, making over. some decisions. Yeah, yeah. no, um, that was really good. Good people watching spot because you're sort of on one of the main drags in Waikiki and just on like the third level and you're just looking down at the street. That's nice. Yeah, it is nice. Is it very food and beer over there? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Because that sort of threw me off when I've been overseas because Australia is very much go have a beer. Oh, you can definitely somewhere. just have beers. Yeah. But, like, it, there is definitely a focus on them trying to sell you some food. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you also went to Honolulu Beer Works? Yeah, that was much more like an Australian brewery. In, like, you order your beers at the bar. Yeah. Um, just sit down. Um, we went, it was, like, it was one of the hottest days in Honolulu for, like, 20 years. <laughs> it was, like, mid-30s and quite humid. It was very much like being in North Queensland. Yeah, and probably very classic sort of Hawaii, what people would imagine it would be like. Yeah, but yeah, apparently it rarely gets above 30, which is something that completely threw me. Yeah. Um, But yeah, their beer was great. One of of my favourite beers from the whole trip was their uh, It's Always Sunny in Bruges, which is a grisette. Oh, nice. Always good to find a grisette. And you could order like $4 pints of grisette. It's not bad at all, especially you <laughs> in 35 degrees. That was just perfect. Um, so you went to Waikiki as well? Yeah, that's more sort of standard craft, like old school craft. Yeah. Like they've got English Pale, Amber, you know. Oh, yeah. IPA. It was it was nice. Less... We had dinner there. Like they did okay. nice burgers and stuff like that. Sort of just like a, a fun sort of casual spot, not necessarily like a standout brewery. Yeah, that seems more like a sort of American bar, diner sort of thing. Yeah. More than specifically a brewery. Do they package their beer? And stuff? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could buy their beer all around the island as well. It just wasn't as good as yeah, some of the other stuff ones, on, yeah. on offer. Uh, so Lanikai was another one? Yeah, Lanikai. So that's on the other side of the island of the of Oahu, yep. which is the main main island. Um, Lizzie and I went for a drive up there, <laughs> see some stuff. Yeah. Um, some happen, happened to go to a brewery. <laughs> Just um, pure chance. Yeah. <laughs> so they're the one ages ago, I think we mentioned on like the first or second podcast, where they sent they teamed up with NASA and got some yeast from uh, outer space. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That beer was released three days before we got there. Oh, so we tried fine. it and it was, you know. Fine. Fine. Yeah. It was tasted like beer. <laughs> Slightly weird yeast character, but nothing, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, there's only the so much you can expect. Yeah, exactly. Um, and but they've got this range of like wild ales, um, which are fruited wild ales, which are coming out to Australia any day. Oh, cool! So that's good to get in and have a bit of a preview. Yeah. So the pick of them that I had at least was the Haleakala, which is the volcano on Maui. <laughs> um, but that's a strawberry wild ale, and oh, it was right. just. So would you say, would you recommend them when they come out here? They're Very awesome. Good. I assume they'll be expensive because they were reasonably expensive over there. Yeah, and that's never a good sign for no. Australian pricing. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, their beer was really good. Cool. Uh, and in New Island, which, yeah, we are drinking. Yeah, so they're one of these hype breweries at yeah. the moment. 
um, they basically do hazies and sours, and then with the odd imperial stout. Um, really small batches. They blow through all their beer in a couple of days, close for three or four days. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think they're open Thursday through Sunday, maybe. Yeah, I guess that's but like they're, super unusual. They're just flogging stuff the whole time. <laughs> that's good, though. It's a, it's a good kind of one to get to while you're over there. Yeah. Um, they package only their Imperial Stouts, I think. Um, but we have crowd. They do crowds. Yeah. Which is always handy. Mm. It's impressive that they blow through it all. I guess there'd be a lot of people grabbing crowds and stuff, but it's impressive they blow through it all without packaging it's, it. It's tiny. Like, I... I don't, didn't actually ask the size of the kit, but I think they were getting two or three kegs. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's yeah. small. Must be good. Yeah, and the tap room holds like 10 people. <laughs> it's small. Like, all at the bar in like a a warehouse, you know, just roll the door up and literally room for a stool between the bar and the roller door. <laughs> they must be doing some decent volume then. I guess probably just a lot of crowlers. I think so. Um, this is, yeah, this sour is nice. So I can see... Nice and tart, good fruit yeah. character. This is not fresh, so I can see, well, you know. If wait, it's... what? Two and a half months. <laughs> yeah, since. Yeah. Um, you also went to, there's a bar you want to mention called Village Honolulu, mainly because you sort of found one of your white whales there. Yeah, so that's like sort of a slow beer sort of style equivalent. Maybe more like a beer mash, actually. They've got like 15 taps. <laughs> yeah. Bottle shop attached. And yeah, I found my Cascade apricot <laughs> that I'd always wanted. <laughs> And that sort of lived up to the hype. That was amazing. And, and then one may have, may or may not have made it back in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, was there anything else, Hawaii-wise, like beer-wise? I mean, it's, it said the beer was a lot cheaper. That's sort of America-wide, I guess. Yeah, like, I think yeah. so. Like, the takeaway beer was just ridiculously cheap. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can get craft pretty much everywhere. Like, any restaurant, you can get craft beer. We are getting better, slowly. We are, but... <laughs> yeah. Not in the same way. Not in the same way. Um, probably the only thing I'd mention was the, uh, Encore Saloon, which is a weird little place we found in, um, like downtown Honolulu. Yeah. Um, went there a couple of times. Fish tacos and beers was, it was Taco Tuesday the first day we went there. Then it was, I think, Margarita Wednesdays or something. And then a week later, Taco Thursdays. Yeah, yeah. And the handy thing about having two tea days is you can very much... But the uh, margarita special was just a $2.50 margarita with $2 tacos. Nice. And Taco Tuesday was $2 beers with $2 tacos. And <laughs> was all, clearly their thing was just $2 tacos, but fuck, they were And to find an excuse they for were, it, yeah. They were incredible. Like, drinking macro lager was Tecate, the Mexican. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, perf- perfectly acceptable when yeah. it's 30 degrees, very humid, and you've got fish some tacos. fish tacos. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that 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 would be my recommendation food wise in Honolulu. That's... Just pop in there for cheap tacos. Yeah, I was going to say it's, it's probably not the cheapest place to eat a lot of the time. So no, no, and so especially when you one. decide to eat fish the whole time because the fish is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't not eat the fish in Hawaii, to be fair. Yeah, Maui Coconuts Fish Cafe. It's like that was the cheapest place we found for fish, but it was incredible. That's good. It's like steak raw tuna steaks and things like that oh, yeah. all, the, all the good stuff if you order a salad cost you an arm and a leg. add tuna you get Lizzie thought she'd get like maybe a couple of flakes of tuna here and there cooked tuna no, maybe a, a whole tuna steak worth of stuff for two bucks <laughs> it's incredible they've probably just got so much of it going through and yeah they've got to move it to keep it fresh yeah exactly yeah and yeah. you kind of lose out on it if you're not moving it so it'd be a fine line to walk so yeah Honolulu was cool beer wise yeah, no, it sounds like Maui, it Maui was cool beer wise. 
sort of probably one of those places where you could really, you know, spend a lot more time and go a lot more in depth. It sounds like you did a good job getting around to the. Yeah, well, they're all nice and close, yeah. which helps. Like it's it's they're all relatively small islands. Nice way to dip your toe into sort of American beer culture, I guess. And yeah, yeah, it's a bit more laid back, I think. Than Much closer to Australia. Well, that too. <laughs> taster yep and simply because i went there recently you went there recently um to rutherglen and the high country and there's you know a few breweries around there there's the famous ones and some a few lesser known ones yeah yeah so we thought we'd run through them because you know might as well just knock it off while it's fresh in both our minds that's it yeah so um i guess we'll just list off the breweries and we can just chat about them a bit yep so um start with Biramine homestead yeah, it's an interesting little Yeah, spot. so it's essentially, I mean, essentially it's a homestead, and it is, it is an old... And you can pay to do the homestead. Yep, and we, we did that. Yeah. It was good fun. Um, it's basically, it's kind of weird, because it is basically like a museum. Yeah. It's a freestanding house. It's in sort of like, well off the main road. Yeah, like you get off the highway, and you go down this dirt track for Past like a, a kilometre and a half yeah, or something. Yeah, <laughs> And weird. there's a big veggie farm there, and... The they biggest, were selling fresh veggies at the door. Think the we biggest there. vegetable producer in Victoria. There you go. It's a nice spot to have a brewery. Yeah. It is very, like, their surrounds are very idyllic, though. Like, it is a nice place to sit and have a beer. Yeah. Um, we sort of had differing opinions in beer. It's a husband and wife team. I thought it was fine what I had. You, what you had was very bad. I purposely avoided yeah. what you had. Yeah, which is possibly the right call. Yeah. Like, I may have just chosen poorly. The thing is, though, you shouldn't... I mean, you chose, like, a pale ale and stuff. It shouldn't really be... Yeah, you, there's concerns when you're pouring out the pale ale. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I quite like their English IPA. I thought the beer was fine. It's more... It's all about the surrounds, though, and it's just the novelty. Surrounds are nice. It's worth stopping into. Yeah, it's it's pretty... Really close to Yarrawonga. It's yeah. not too far from Quabram. It's kind of just one of those places where it's a novel, novel enough thing that even if the beer's not great, it's fairly cheap and it's... Yeah. Like, we got um, a tasting thing with our brewery, uh, with our tour of the... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it was, like, it was very easy. Yeah. Um, Buffalo, which has a very interesting story. Buffalo's weird, isn't it? It is, yeah. But kind of fascinating. Is sec- do you say second oldest continually yeah. operating brewery? I think oldest. I'd need to check that. Yeah. And they brewed VB? Yeah, they were the first, reportedly, the first people to brew Victoria Bitter. So this is in Boreman, which is near Wangaratta. Um, it is the middle of nowhere. It's literally you're going down a dirt highway and there's a pub there. Yeah, and in the pub is a small brewery. Yeah. And when I say small, it's like three by four metres, the brewery. It's tiny. Yeah. Um, Angus sort of said, this is, we brew in more space, and he wasn't exaggerating. Yeah, and my kitchen's not big. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I guess it's, again, novel. I probably, neither of our girlfriends was super keen on it. No, it, um, it is like a country pub. It's a very country pub. Yeah. And the beer is not good. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, the service was quite friendly and it's cheap. They tried hard. Yeah. My dinner was really nice. I didn't eat there. Um, I had like a nice pub meal. Yeah. And it's it's sort of, I guess it's, it's interesting just because of where it is. Like it seems remote, even though it's not super far away from a lot of stuff, but it's so, it's just... 
does Plot seem in the like middle the of, middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's good fun to go there and like the beer is decidedly average. Similar to Biramine, I would say novelty value. If you're in the area, if you're going past it, pop yeah. in. But yeah. Don't go out of your way expecting to have good beer. No, certainly not. Um, somewhere you might have some good beer is Rutherglen Brewery, which is situated in the same building as the Taste at Rutherglen. Yeah. Um, so their husband and wife team are kind of famous because they also do Buller Wines yeah. food and they own the winery as well, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. Um, and yes, yeah, so got the, the wife does the brewing. Yep. Um, it's a Brews nice... some pretty good beer. Yeah, yeah. So I had a pale that was kegged on the day, seven stars or whatever it's called. Yep. And that was really, really good. Um, and the porter was really lovely too. I had an IPA that was really Very solid. solid. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like, yeah, just solid craft beer. Yeah. And um, we had food at Taste and it was fantastic. Um, yeah, I've heard very good things about the food. Yeah, they sort of do everything in-house and they're all very local and yeah, definitely. Worth stopping in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bilson's, which is going to Beechworth. Yeah. Um, that's an intriguing one. Yeah, it's... Um... Your year of the local post is live and I think you nailed it when you said everything is good except for the beer. Yeah. Like, the vibe is great. They've really redone Spend it. Spent a lot of money on it, I think. Yeah, yeah. It looks, like, new and modern. Yeah. And you can go downstairs and see all the old stuff. You can look at the, the breweries, literally, downstairs. Yeah. And you can see them working. It's cool, isn't it? Like, yeah. the, um, the, the sort of downstairs in the main building, there's, like, a beer museum. Yeah. If you read the post, because I'll forget the details now. But, yeah, Murray Breweries was the, yeah. the old tenant. Yeah, there's quite a big history yeah. there. Um, and basically, this couple have resurrected it. So, Bilson's, yeah, they're pretty famous for cordial and stuff. And the tonic water won an award. Yeah, so they do excellent, like, soft drinks and stuff as well. The gin was really nice as well. Yeah, I, we had we had the vodka and it was awful. Oh, really? Yeah, but I, I can imagine the gin would be nice, yeah. like, based on their other stuff. Um, but, yeah, the beer is just, eh. It was all very just, yeah, eh. eh is it's not good. terrible. It's fine. Competently made. It's beer. Completely uninspiring. Yeah. Um, but the spot is cool, and if you're in Beechworth, you might as well, because you're most likely going to be in Beechworth to see Bridge Road. Exactly. We barely need to talk about, but I will still say that... Surely they... everyone's been. Yeah. knows of it. Yeah, well, at least knows of it. I mean, Beechworth's a bit of a trek, so... I will still say they probably have some of the best pizzas in Victoria. We went to confirm that, and was happily... Pizza is confirmed. still good. Pizza is still fantastic. Um, I had a pretzel that was excellent. Yeah, yeah. The food there is just... Excellent and tapless good service is really great. And yeah. we went at Monday and at like eleven thirty and it was packed. Yeah, yeah. It's bizarre. It's absurd how busy that is for like at all times. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be dead and I thought we'd have a bit of time, but no, we had to wait in line on yeah, Monday yeah. at eleven thirty. Um Bright, which I actually didn't go to, but you did. Yep. Bright's um, awesome. Tamanic? No, that's Black Dog. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Bright is in yes, Bright. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. I was reading Black Dog while I was in. Um, yeah, Bright's awesome. Um, pizza again, you know. Like yeah, yeah, we always make pizza. Big, big brewery. And we went on Saturday night and it was packed. Like, That's good. Had to wait to get a table. It's not super close to anything. Nope. Apart from Bright. Nope. <laughs> um, but it's a nice area and yeah. yeah. The beer I've had from them was quite good. It's all, nice. The beer was all solid. Yeah. Um... And, like, we'd just been up to Blizzard at the top of um, Mount Hotham. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, came back there for dinner. And yeah, really nice. 
Uh, so Black Dog is the Tamanek Brewery, and um, I didn't get to that either. I didn't get to there this this time, but it is near Rutherglade. Which yeah, I think why we included it here. Yeah, um, James is a winemaker originally. Started his own little brewery, and they make really good beer. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do really good hoppy stuff. And yeah, really good like Belgian stuff as well. Yeah, I actually haven't had much of their Belgian stuff. Oh, he does like an estate. Um, Saison, which is like with his own hops and stuff. That's very cool. And they've got a triple and... You can always get around the estate beer. Yeah. And um, I guess finally the one that's probably most like a traditional Melbourne brewery is Malt Shed. Yeah. Um, which is in Wangaratta. Um, does feel a nice niche there. Like it was pretty busy when we went. Um... They have sort of CUB offerings as well. That's their own stuff. Yeah. Which I found interesting. Yeah, we didn't actually see them when we were there. But okay. I wasn't really looking out for it. Um, yeah. But I didn't see that when we were there, but they did have their lager on tap when I was there, so perhaps it was... But yeah, it's sort of an interesting way of moving in, like, you almost wonder why you brew a lager if you're going to have offerings like Great Northern and stuff. Yeah, but it is also a way of getting them in the door. And then... That's true. I will say Rutherglen also had Great Northern on tap. Did they? Yeah. The, um, the brewer who came around mm. to our order, she was not super... She didn't sound stoked about... Why it was yeah, there. Yeah, she sort of ran through the beer list and she's like, if you have to, there's Great Northern. I'm like, don't worry. I'm here for yeah. the beer. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But I, I guess it's maybe a thing up there. Maybe it's just a, a simple acknowledgement of the fact yeah. that, yeah, we have to do this. This is where we are. Yeah, and, you know, like, obviously Buffalo and stuff have that on tap too. So, it's, yeah. Yeah. Certainly not alone in that regard. No. Um, the food at Mulch is really good as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed what I had. Um, you had the American barbecue stuff, which you said was excellent. I just had burgers, but that was a very nice burger. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that sort of that sort of felt more Melbourne-y, I guess, in that open space. They'd really brought Melbourne to Wangaretta there. Yeah. I mean, it's not horribly far away, but it's far enough away where it doesn't feel like... It's a good couple of hours. You don't see other... There's no other breweries like that. Like, Bridge Road is probably the closest. Bridge Road's still not really a Melbourne nah, style it's a country. Brewery. Yeah. Regional brewery, I think. It's just a very well-run one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, all pretty good stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's more high country breweries that people can check out on the... Uh, uh, Website? On the blog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, heaps of the local stuff. And heaps. we will be going into that a lot more in-depth shortly. Yes. Um, in the meantime, we'll be back to finish up with Noz's salt. We are back to finish up with Noz's cellar. Now, apparently we've got something Hawaiian themed today. I haven't quite figured out what it is, um, as is always the case, but it has a wax seal, which is never a great sign. On a Monday night. No, <laughs> But, you know, that that's why we do this. Um, Just normally not on a Monday. No, no. Although it is my weekend, so perhaps more suitable for me to do this than when I usually do it. Um, so what do we got? We have got Maui Brewing Co.'s 2019 release of their Black Pearl, which is a rum, brandy and bourbon barrel-aged imperial coconut porter Finished with toasted coconut chips. Sounds lovely, to be honest. It does, doesn't it? Comes in at 12%. Smells very nice. Is this one for the Portiverse Stout article? I'm interested in why they called it an Imperial Porter. 
Well, I'm guessing there's no roasted barley in it. Interesting they do it in the 750. I'm a bit confused by that as well, but... It seems to be common. It's kind of like, well, you know what you're doing. Don't don't pretend that you're not going to have all of this. Yes. Um... Got to say, I was kind of in the mood for coconut, weirdly enough. So that's interesting. That doesn't happen a lot, and I'm kind of into it. All right, so what do we think of the Black Pearl? Um, it's, it's really nice, now that it's warmed up a little. Yeah, we were sort of worried a bit about... It's a, it's a 2019, so we were a bit worried about alcohol heat. Yeah, that might be a bit hot. Um, but that's sort of dissipated as this is warmed. Yeah, actually seems okay. There's more chocolate, more sweetness. Lots of chocolate. Um, quite a bit of coconut. Yeah, probably less of the boozy sort of rum character has kind of died down a little bit. There is definitely rum though. Yes, that, and vanilla. Um, probably from bourbon. Bourbon. Sort of, yeah, the, the, it's the vanilla I always get with bourbon barrel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's mostly chocolate and coconut though. It's nice now. Yeah, like it is. Um, it's definitely rich though. It is indeed. Um. I don't know, something in a wax seal, you'd be disappointed if it wasn't a bit rich. Definitely. Um, relatively easy wax seal to get into, actually. It's nice and sort of... Always a big tick. Thin, yeah. Didn't cut a finger off. <laughs> Didn't have to saw it or anything. No, well, I've got my little Swiss Army knife, which is almost designed for... Wax seals, yeah. Wax seals. Everyone needs a wax seal remover. Yeah. If you're into drinking beer in any serious level. Um... So, I mean, it's pretty young, so I guess the thumbs up, thumbs down question comes in, but I think it's it's good. I think it's good. Um, the reason I decided to crack it was because I don't think coconut ages well. Yeah, and I think that's a fair call. And it seems like a good time. High segment. Exactly. All of that sort of tied in nicely. Um, it's worked out nicely, though. I think, who knows if it gets better. It probably gets better in terms of balance, maybe a bit more chocolate and stuff. Coconut's probably less prominent, but I think it's good now. Well, I don't think the coconut's overpowering here, the way that coconut can no. overpower things. I think it'll still be a nice imperial porter, um, but probably less of a coconut-driven one if you open it later on. It's also definitely an imperial stout. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it definitely is. Um, yeah, I think it's it's probably it will be a very different beer if you open it later, but not necessarily better or worse. No, I think we've got it in a good spot. This is probably more what it says on the tin kind of thing. Yeah, you'd struggle to uh, argue with that, I think. Mm. This is, I think, what the brewer intended with all the coconut. you got most of those flavours he's mentioned. Yeah. Which and you may not get in a year's time. You certainly, yeah, some of it will dissipate. It's hard to know. It'd be an interesting beer to look at in that. If you had a couple of them. <laughs> you happen to have a bunch stashed away. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think that just about does us. I think so. For the podcast. Um People can get in touch with you at... Gus.Norris7 at gmail.com. And the Beer O'Clock Facebook and page. The Beer O'Clock Facebook page. Now say that. Give us a like. <laughs> yeah. And and the website now, of course. Yeah. Well, I always get as comments usual. and so on. Yep, as always. Um, we will probably be back sooner than expected. Yeah, sooner than normal, hopefully. Yeah, and hopefully with something interesting. And uh-huh. yeah, I think apart from that, we're all good. Yeah. Indeed. So and so. Right. So and so.
so-and-so was spreading rumors about you and them. Yeah, they don't like what you represent. You were dissing rappers for a lack of content, remember? Oh, of course, how could I forget what I did, though? But the part I do remember is this. For anyone upset at what my message is, I'ma say it clearly so there's zero mixed messages. I'll even rock a slow flow now. Who's ready for the evidence? I say,